The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Climbers, the five-day Facebook ads challenge for artists is coming back this July 18th, 2022. This is where you give me one hour a day for five days in a row and live... I share with you a $5,000 education on Facebook ads for less than $2 a day for $9.97 total. You just need to click the link in the show notes to register for this event. The sooner the better because it will sell out. Once again, this is Facebook ads, the platform. This is a skill set that's going to transform your career forever and is arguably the most important tool that all artists and labels, including major labels, will use to promote their artists to new eyeballs in the new music business. It's $5,000 worth of education. You can get it this July 18th for less than $2 a day, a total of $9.97. Click the link in the show notes. Sign up today. We'll see you on July 18th. Climbers. We have yet another songwriter interview from Nashville Nights International Songwriting Festival 2021. Trick Savage. Speed. Welcome to the club. <laughs> this is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create leverage in the music business. Leverage is absolutely 150,000% what it's going to take to move your career forward in today's music industry. You will not be plucked from obscurity and made famous or made successful, whatever that means to you as a songwriter or an artist, because you have great talent. You're going to have to bring a little bit more to the table now, which maybe sucks for you because you have to do a little bit more work, but it's great because you don't need any, anybody's permission. That's why we called it the climb. C-L-I-M-B, creating leverage in the music business. That's a brilliant backstronym from my good friend and co-host, Mr. Brent Baxter. Brent's an award-winning hit songwriter with cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady A, Joe Nichols, and more. Had a couple gospel, Southern gospel number ones in the last 18 to 24 months. So he's still making miracles happen, still churning out the hits. And uh, the reason I love Brent Baxter the most is the reason you should too. And that's because he helps songwriters like you turn pro by revealing how you write like a pro, do business like a pro. And then on the regular, he connects you with the pros to create the relationships. Because at the end of the day, when you're competitive, it, now it boils down to the relationships. It's not enough that the songs you write and the demos you have are good enough for the radio. Now you got to have the relationships to make it all happen. So you can find Brent very easily at songwritingpro.com. Once again, that's songwritingpro.com. And I would like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Twinell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. How long have I been saying this? Long time. Easy for you to say. Yes, Daredevil Production. They're breaking artists digitally by identifying new fans through data. I haven't talked much this morning yet. If you're an artist looking to increase your streams or blow up your video views, sell more live show tickets, and get discovered by new fans, TV, and music industry pros, then Daredevil Production can help. 
Daredevil has worked with multi-platinum artists like Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs, just to name a few. You can find Johnny at DaredevilProduction.com. That is production, singular, no S, and there is no S because there is no other Johnny. D. What's up, brother? All right, Johnny D here from the Climb Show Music Business Podcast on American Songwriter Magazine's podcast platform. You can find that at americansongwriter.com forward slash podcast. And we are live from the Nashville Knights International Songwriting Festival here in Odense, Denmark. And I am sitting next to the one and only Mr. Trick Savage. Thank you, sir. I'm well. Thanks Thanks for having me, man. First time over in uh, Denmark? No. No, this is my... Third time in Denmark. You were on the original Recon tour. Yes, I was. Blue, weren't you? Yes. Okay, and you guys did a number of sold-out tours with a small package of mm-hmm. writers. Yes. Yeah. And then said, "We keep selling this out. Let's do a let's do a festival." <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Well, it, that that was that was Blue and Stefan's vision to do a festival here, and and uh, they have been aiming for that for over a year now through a, uh, through a number of hurdles through a pandemic and they finally right. made, they pulled it off. You know? I, they did. And I honestly don't know how they did without climbing the tower. With uh, the yeah. Gun. yeah. <laughs> it's been, it's been, yeah, it has been one, ad, one administrative obstacle after another to make this thing happen. I call that the, the law of rock and roll mm-hmm. trick. You know, the, the, um, Murphy's Law states that what can go wrong will go wrong. Right. And the law of rock and roll states that Murphy completely underestimated the problem. Right. <laughs> right. right. So let's, um, let's talk about Bible and 44, can we? You bet. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Are you we sick of talk talking about, about that song No, yet? not at all. Not at all. That song has been so good to me. Um, that is the... That... It's the first song that I ever wrote with Ashley McBride. Really? It was the first time we wrote together. My friend Terry Joe Box put me on that right. She had a right booked with with uh, Ashley, and it was in 2012. Really? Yeah, 2012 we wrote that Wow, song. okay. Um, it was the first time I had written with Ashley, and I don't, and I, I don't, and I don't think a lot of other songwriters... Uh, put a lot of pressure on first rights that you have with someone because you know, off, you know. Sometimes there's a get get to know each other process, and sometimes you'll go in first time and write with somebody, and it just doesn't go. There's no chemistry, and uh, you know, maybe you go, well, we don't do, maybe we don't do this again. And sometimes on a first ride, it's like, well, that went pretty good, not great, but we'll get together again. And sometimes what you do when you have a first write with someone you'll come with something underway just to kind of get the thing going. Mm-hmm. And when we got together that day, and it was like, well, what do we want to write? Ashley said, I've got this thing going, uh, but I need help finishing it. And she had that song far along down, uh, you know, down the path. Mm-hmm. The, the, the lyric and stuff, it's, it's very personally her story. You, yeah. know, she had the, you know, she had the, she tells a story about how she, her father had this guitar that uh, that uh, she uh, she was never allowed to touch. But as uh, um, she tells a story of uh, when she was older and she was playing that guitar when her father was gone, and there's that last verse about in the song about the guitar. So she had that song well along the way. Um, she didn't have, and she was like, "I don't know how to finish this song." 
I need uh, something to start the song out with. I can't just start singing. And I came up with that little uh, guitar intro thing on the da 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 I played that. She's like, that's cool. Show me how to play that. And, and she didn't, there was no chorus to that song. It was verse after verse after verse. All those, all those couplets about, uh, um, you have a southern draw like a red bone hat. Mm-hmm. And she didn't have a chorus. And in fact, what is the chorus now was uh, uh, just another verse. He'd see through a lie like an old screen door. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I was, and we we're, when we were writing, it's like, well, you have to have a chorus to this song. You got to have a chorus. Uh, and she was like, I don't have anything else to say. I was like, why don't we pick one of these verses and uh, uh, hang it on the melody that we have for that open, for that little signature lick that open. Mm-hmm. And, and we agreed that, that why would you not have a, a the, the best couplet to be the chorus, the best phrase to be the chorus would be the one about uh, the screen door and Bible on a 44. And we took that and hung it on that melody and just made that the chorus of the song. So my contribution to that song mostly is musical because mm-hmm. I you know, came up with the melody for the chorus, which is the intro, and we selected which one. But, the, you know, lyrically, that song is, is very, very personal to Ashley. You yeah. Know, and she, you know, it was almost, I'd, you know, almost all there when she brought it in that day. So wow. that's the story of that song. I love that. I love that story. I love that song. Would you say, do you feel like you have more, uh, You are, are you stronger at lyrics versus melody or melody versus lyrics? Boy, I don't know. Lyric is, is really important to me. You know, we sweat over them a lot. Um, but I think m- music and melody is so important in songs. And we sweat lyrics so much. I do too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I think melody kind of needs to drive things because that's what people remember. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you hear a song... For the very first time, and you only hear it one time, a really hooky melody will make you remember it more than great lyric will. But of mm. course, in country music, uh, you gotta have that lyric. We gotta have that lyric. You yeah, know, we sweat, we sweat it hard. So I don't. I, it's man, it's hard to say which which is more important. Well, I, I mean, I guess what I'm asking is, like, do you feel your some writers are you know, equally strong on both. Some writers are, they are aware that they're melody strong. They're good with lyrics, but they're melody strong. And so when they put a room together, they're going to be looking for some, like a lyricist, mm-hmm. somebody whose strength is lyrics. And, and that's a compliment in the room kind of a thing. Is that something you think about? I, I think, I think when I first began doing this, cause I've been a, a, a musician and, uh, uh, all my life, and I think when I first started doing this, starting to write songs, I think that other writers brought me because I had more musical tools than some of them, mm-hmm. than somebody that can strum a GC and a D chord. They brought me because I had more musical you tools. You can be able to sit down and create that intro yeah. to the Bible in 44 yeah. on the guitar, and she's like, that's it. There but, it is. There's the lick. <laughs> but as, I, as, I've, as I've done this more and more, I think, I, you know, I think I do. I try 
to be good at both. Yeah. You know? I try mm-hmm. to be good at both. And I think ultimately on a great country song, uh, it's a, uh, a good, solid marriage of those two things. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what's your story? Now, how long have you been doing this? Well, my story is kind of interesting, I guess, because I, like I said, I've been a hired gun. Uh, I still have my, I still have my Niceville Knights wristband on. So you know he's legit. I just came, <laughs> I just came from my last show. Hot off the stage, uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Um, <laughs> I have been a a musician my entire life. I've never. I've always kept a roof over my head uh, and my car payments paid and food on the table by doing that um, in, in a variety of, uh, of applications. But uh, Did you do I, a lot of touring? Uh, yeah, some, you know, when I was younger. But I, I started writing songs I, I, when I was 50 years old. I decided, you know what, I think I'm going to go and try to be a Nashville songwriter, which is weird because most people do that much, much younger. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I started really focusing on this thing, you know, uh, when I was 50, which was, I, you don't need to know how many years ago that was. <laughs> it was last, last summer, last summer. Uh, so... Uh, and I learned a lot. And, the, the, you know, the fascinating thing about it is when I did, as a new songwriter, trying to... Because that business, it's like a ladder. There are some people that are further up the ladder. There are some people that are at the tip top of it. Some people don't ever manage to climb very far up. Some people can climb up to the middle. Some people, you know. But when I started writing songs, all the people that were the same level on that ladder were considerably younger than I am. Mm-hmm. You know, Ashley is younger than I am. Emma uh, is younger than I am. But uh, I think that it's kind of like an, there's an equalizer in that it's kind of like your your latter age is what matters, not your actual. You know, uh, so we were talking about that in a couple interviews before. I think it was with Pasley, and he was talking about like your class. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes, it's like yeah. your class, right? Yeah. Like, like exactly. you know, you're a freshman when you come in, mm-hmm. and you want, and all you, it's your class that kind of comes up together, and it doesn't really have anything to do with age. It has right. to do yeah. with everybody. Like at that moment, all decided we all kind of moved to town at the same time, or in your case, you've been in town, but you're like, now I'm going to do this songwriter thing. You woke up. Hello, Pantheon podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. 
I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. I, well, I, I worked, uh, um, I put a lot of years working in uh, at a uh, production company, a full-service production house that serviced advertising agencies. Okay. I did a lot, you know, produced a lot of music for uh, for radio and television commercials and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, and Jingles and stuff like well, that? Well, yeah, not, you know, not always. Very, to me, a jingle has singing. You okay. know, when you watch any television commercial, it's got music, but right. very few of them have singing. But I did a lot of that and a lot of industrial film work and that kind of thing. And, and uh, um, that... Uh, times change and technology changes and you know there was a time when in order to have a place like that you used to have to have millions of dollars worth of gear and machine rooms with tape machines and all this stuff yep. and that uh, as technology changed uh, it became more democratized and you know it used to be when you wanted to go out and get those big aerial shots over the oil well for some oil industry thing. You had to have a helicopter and a Panavision camera, and now you can do it with a $600 drone. Yeah. And so yeah. the company that I worked for, you know, uh, ended up, the business model didn't work anymore. So I was just like, I suddenly didn't have a job anymore. It's like, and I had a, 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 a publisher friend of mine said, hey, you really ought to start trying this. You know, come over here and start trying to write songs. And I was like, okay, I'm not doing anything else. Might as well do that. So it's Tuesday. I might be over there after lunch. Yeah, I like that. So, um, you know, I think when it what life is all about going out and you make a bunch of mistakes, you learn from it as you're trying to craft your life. And uh, the same with a song, right? Like you're going to get into that business and there's lots of different balls in the air. It's not just writing the great song. It's also there's decorum in the room. There's networking. Mm -hmm. There's relationship building. There's, um, uh, you know, the do's and the don'ts and all these kinds of things. And mistakes are part of the journey. What are some of the like most common mistakes that you see young writers make these days? There's something that pops to mind. Um, yeah, there is the first mistake is I think, uh, thinking, you know, what it is, what it takes, thinking, you know, everything when you first start. And the, uh, the paradox of that is that you kind of have to have that mentality. And yet at the same time, um, I mean, you ha- you you kind of have to have uh, a young twenty three year old coming to Nashville has to really believe that they're the hottest shit in the world. They mm-hmm. have to believe that, yeah, because that's part of what is going to get you there. And 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 the and the balance of it is, and the the irony and the paradox is, you you have to have that. I'm a star. I'm the hottest thing there is. But you've also got to be able to go. Well, maybe I don't know everything, and 
you know, you have to be able to, and that's, I, you know, to find the right balance. A balance of cockiness and humility. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, because you got to learn. You know, you've got to learn from the people who cut down the bushes for you. Yeah, you, know? yeah. you have to. And, right. and, and, you know, sometimes the kids come, you know, people come in thinking, oh, those guys don't know anything. My stuff's new. I've got the new stuff. But, you know, I think that's uh, that. You, I think the way you put it is, is exactly right. The okay. balance of cockiness and, and 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 openness, cockiness and openness with your humility. Yeah. And, and willingness to learn and know that, you know, you're going to. You're going to pick something up here too, and mm-hmm. pick up a tool. So, in, in, when you first started down that songwriting journey, is there a moment that you remember, like an epiphany, an aha moment, where maybe you're in a room and you learn something, like a tool? Uh, maybe it was a mindset. Maybe <clears throat> it was, you know, a tool that you could use to get out of a certain corner that you maybe you painted yourself in on a song or something. So, is there something that comes to mind with that? That's that's one of the most important things to learn I, I think is is uh, um, not painting yourself into corners that you can't get out of um, I don't remember specifically when I learned that another thing that I learned and I learned a lot from listening to great great songs and great songwriters uh, is especially in country music is like what are you trying to say what is the hook of this song? What's the theme? What's the overarching thing? And does every single line point to that? You know, right. can you pick a line out of this verse, say that line, and then say the hook? And does it make sense? And you learn not to. Terry Joe Box says uh, she she uh, had an expression. She says it sounds like you're treading water there. You know. Uh, are, are some of your lines treading water? Do, do they service that hook, or are they just taking up space because they rhyme? Oof, you know? That's heavy. Yeah, I like yeah. that a lot. Yeah. I like that a lot. So uh, a few sentences ago, you were just talking about young up-and-comers. At this festival here, is there any—we're loaded with talent. We have so mm-hmm. much talent at this festival. Are there any up-and-comers— uh, that you see that maybe caught your eye that you thought just really had a sort of breakout performance or something like that? Oh, my young friend Emma Zink. I have really, really high hopes for her. I really think she has the goods, man. I do. She's. You share the opinion of a few of the, the headliners of the festival, too. They said the same thing. She's so. got the moxie. She's got, she's got a uniqueness. She is... Uh, a, a good, she's a good solid player, and she's a fantastic singer, and she has a great gift for melody when she writes. She writes yeah. really good melodies, and she is eager to learn from from yeah from the bushcutter downers. Yeah, she's, <laughs> eager, to, she's <laughs> eager to learn from those people. I from think, the bushwhackers. <laughs> yeah. I think Emma's fantastic, and the other one is. Uh, uh, my my little friend from England, Laura Lowe, Laura Oaks, mm-hmm. who was uh, I met here her on that first exploratory journey that we did okay. over, over a year ago. Was she booked on that? Or yeah. okay, yes, she was. Uh, and I can't remember how it happened because Stephen was trying to do this national night thing, and he had me, and he had Blue, and he had uh, uh, Kaylee Bishop, and and. He wanted to have four, and he had someone, there was someone else from Nashville, and I can't remember who it was, that at the last minute couldn't come. And Laura 
is a, a recording artist in England doing her doing her own records, doing her own shows and stuff. And he had been following her and listening to her. And this was, you know, in the early stages of the pandemic. And she had had a bunch of shows canceled and he was he he, he was able to get her. And uh, um, serendipitous, uh, serendipitous. Yeah. I think she is yeah. so great. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that song. I mean, uh, learn to be lonely. Goodness uh, gracious. <laughs> And, right. <laughs> and uh, I took uh, Dan Smalling. Um, to, I'd been talking to a lot of my guys from Nashville. I've been saying, you need to hear this Laura Oaks girl. You need to hear this Laura Oaks. And I finally, uh, Dan came to uh, Dexter to see her show mm-hmm. two days ago with me. At, it was the first day of the festival. He and I did the opening show mm-hmm. with, with the band, you yep. know, did a big uh, band show and then ran over and her, saw her show. And uh, and his word for it is she's flawless. Yeah. Her delivery is like her, her tone and her pitch and her phrasing and everything. Everything about the way she sings is just amazing. The vulgar display of prowess. It is. It is vulgar vulgar to listen to her sing. She's so good. (laughs) I love that. That's Laura Oaks and Emma Zink. We got to keep an eye out for those two. Well, when we first started talking about Bible in 44, you had mentioned that that uh, Ashley came in and uh, that tone was hers. That story was hers. And, it made me think about this. When you're writing songs, um, how much weight are you putting in the room or how much are you considering what an artist would or wouldn't say? And or maybe for that matter, too, what what would the radio play and not play? Is that on your mind? It is. It is on my mind. And, and some of the uh, guys that you know, we're writing hit records in the 90s and stuff like that. I'm not going to mention any names, but I was talking to a guy about this very thing where uh, the the town has kind of moved towards artist rights. You write with an artist, and it didn't used to be that way. Mm-hmm. Largely, rooms full of songwriters would sit around and write, you know, songs, and then publishers would sling those songs around town, pitch them to people, and it's turned into, you know, and that was great in the 90s and there's so much great things great songs that came out of that but now you'll notice that you see an awful lot you pick an artist and you'll see a lot of the same names on the credits mm-hmm. you know whether it's uh well whoever it is but it's turned into where artists oftentimes write with they have their camp of people that mm-hmm. they write with and it's really hard to get outside cuts into those camps mm-hmm. sometimes um and so you're back to your question of uh, when you're writing with an artist, of what are you pointing at? I love doing artist rights because when you write directly with, well, like, for example, Ashley McBride, Dan Smalley and I were writing with Ashley McBride, and she said, let me tell you what I need. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you what I got empty for this next album. Let me tell you what I need for my live show. Mm-hmm. And you can specifically write to that need, mm-hmm. you know, and, yeah. and, and we've done that. Uh, that was how the, on Ashley's first Warner brothers record, the song I have on that is called El Dorado. And I wrote it with Dan and Ashley and, and there she was 
that's what that thing was. She was like, I need a big live sing along anthem. And it was mm-hmm. like, and so that's what we wrote that day. And I enjoy doing the artist right because, uh, you're a lot more likely to get cuts that way. If you, if it's like, what do you need? There's no point in writing another ballad if you already have four in the pile that might go on the record. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, but the all you know this all all other guy you know who had hits in the nineties. I was talking to. He's like, I don't like doing the artist write thing because if I sit down and write with an artist, then what we get. What we're going to get is the best song that we get that day. And it might not be the best song that I've ever written. I mean, look, if you know, go through my catalog and pick, you know, because nobody is 100, you know, uh, you know, Roger Clemens didn't pitch a no hitter every day. Right. You right. have days that you're on and, de- you know, and uh, who knows what the factors and how that works out. That's not quantifiable. It's just some days you nail it and some days you don't, you know, mm-hmm. Um so, I mean, I can see that guy's angle on that of why some of those uh, guys with a huge track record that goes back 20 years don't really like doing artists right. But for me, I like doing them because I feel like I'm more likely to get cuts that way. So. That makes sense. All right. So what's next for you? You're done for... I'm done with the festival. I played my last show. There you go. Yeah. And you, when do you fly out? Tomorrow? No, I'm going... I'm flying out on Tuesday, but I'm leaving early tomorrow morning. My wife and I are going to go spend the uh, day in Copenhagen and wander around. Nice. And then uh, got a, a motel room, reserved a motel room, and we're just going to do Copenhagen for a day and spend the night and then go to the airport in the morning on Tuesday. Yeah. All right. Well, good deal, man. Thank you. Uh, yeah, thank, thank you, you for coming in here and, and hanging out and, and, and putting all this forth here. It's uh, Johnny D here from the Climb Show Business Music Business Podcast on American Songwriter Magazine's podcast network. That's americansongwriter.com forward slash podcast. And once again, we're live from the Nashville Nights International Songwriters Festival in Odense, Denmark. Chick Savage. Unsa. Unsa. That's how they say it. Unsa. Oh, they say Unsa. There's a very soft D and they go, Unsa, Unsa, Unsa Denmark. Yeah. I have, I, I, am, I stand corrected, <laughs> sir. <laughs> Thanks, Trick. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. You got it, man. Super cool, man. Way fun. We want you to, first of all, come to Nashville Nights International Songwriting Festival in Denmark. You haven't been there. It's great. You can see us live. Brent and I interviewing a new couple handfuls of hit songwriters and getting to the bottom of everything that they're doing, asking all the questions that you present to us. But if you can't make it, give us the questions. Send them into info at daredevilproduction.com or respond to Brent's email or respond to my email. This podcast exists because we want you to win, so keep on climbing. And we'll see you at the top and hopefully in Denmark. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 